welcome to today's episode of the Group Therapy Podcast. Today we have comic book writer, uh, host of his own podcast, Tales from the Podcast, uh, host, uh, Justin Bussell, Buss- huh, as I screw it up now again. <laughs> <laughs> Bussell. Bus- Justin Bussell. Mm-hmm. There we go. Uh, we have him on today. Tell us about yourself, Justin. Well, I mean, as you just mentioned, um, I did a comic book. I'm a podcaster. Um, also, if you want to get a little uh, weird with it, you can check my IMBD out and see that I've produced a few movies, been in some horror movies, done a horror web series as well, did some writing, directing, cinematography, a little bit of everything. Nice. Um, <laughs> Not to mention I have a day job, too. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that's amazing that you can pound out that much stuff. I mean, people freak out because I do the three shows a week. Plus, I have my own shop and I run a comic shop during the day, and I have a kids and I have the household to take care of here, and I go to the gym. So they're like, "How the hell do you got time?" It's like I don't sleep at night. <laughs> I yeah, I, I get it, man. I I took a half hour nap today. <laughs> I got off work at six in the morning and did twelve hours. <laughs> I don't, I don't I'm a millwright too, so it's not an easy job. <laughs> I don't miss those those days at all. I worked uh, for years, uh, eleven to seven in the morning, and I worked at a printing company, going all year round, and it was hot. So no matter what time of the year it was, it was hot. <laughs> I, I yeah, I understand. Yeah. In the summer, it's hot for me, but right now, being the winter time in our area, I work outside. Yeah, so it's, I, I get both extremes. Uh, that's that's one thing I was glad about. I, w- w- no working outside. Nah. <laughs> yeah, I know the when the money's right, the money's right though. Oh, definitely, definitely. <laughs> um, I saw you're from Monroe, Michigan. Uh, well, n- not originally, but I put that down there because that's where people know me from. <laughs> well, technically from Boone County, Missouri. Boone County, no. Yeah, yeah, I know. I don't sound like the hick that it sounds like I should be, <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. What's funny is, is uh, I was just uh, up in Monroe, what, last month? Last month, yeah. Um, I go up to, I went up there for wrestling. <laughs> oh, you, you must know Gary. <laughs> I went up for uh, 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 was it Rust Belt Pro Wrestling? My buddy took me up there, and and uh, now I'm going back up again next Friday. But they moved it from Monroe to Detroit. So, oh, all right, yeah. My uh, buddy uh, Gary Pallette, he runs the um, the Monroe Comic Convention over there at the Pop Fest, ah, and okay. uh, he he does IWR wrestling out there too. Ah, cool, cool, cool. So, oh yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's funny because I've I've realized that with doing these interviews and stuff with the comic book and uh, horror hosts and stuff like that, how like wrestling finds its way in there some way, shape, or form. I I don't know. Like I will I, I I'll blatantly admit it that my wrestling knowledge is basically nineties attitude era. Yeah. Um and I mean, even like the video games that I played, like the last wrestling video game I played was uh, WCW Nitro on Nintendo 64. 
That's a great game. So, <laughs> it, it, it really is. Yeah. But as far as, like, recent stuff, I don't know a damn thing. I haven't watched wrestling in so long. I'm out of the loop. I used, I used to love wrestling. Now I just like going and seeing live indie wrestling. That's as far as mine goes now. <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there is something special about the indie stuff, no matter oh, yeah. where you are. If it's wrestling, comic books, or whatever, There's there, there tends to be a little bit more heart in it. And they're just, oh, yeah. Just the way they try is just so much different than what you see on TV. Well, it, it's it's kind of nice because you get these guys like I've I've known I've met some of these artists that are now really big artists at the beginning because we did conventions together and we were side by side at these little local cons talking for hours <laughs> because you know, had a slow con or whatever. And then now they're big. You know, I remember sitting in Columbus next to uh, um Jeff Smith, who did Bone, you know, and he was setting at a comic oh. book show back in the day. Kyle Hot, same way. I've known Kyle for 30-some years, probably. And uh, it's just one of the ones that, from guys set next to me at comic book conventions. Hey, I, I get it. That's, uh, I, I met my favorite comic book artist being a horror fan, um, Mr. James O'Barr, and that was Monroe Pop Fest, just to, you know, a row over from me. And I mean, I got plenty of this stuff, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah. I can, I can see your crow back here behind your head there. The, uh, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I dished out the extra for the original work. So <laughs> it's, nobody else has that one but me. <laughs> no, that's nice. What's, what's crazy about Jim O'Barr was, uh, um, I want to say it was um, Motor City Con, probably 93-ish, maybe. Um, they had all the, the, the hot indie guys in this one area. So this was Jim O'Barr, it was uh, Tim Vigil, Dave Quinn, Tim T It's like all these guys who were coming off like these like horror comics back in the day. And I walk in there with an issue of North Star, Tales of North Star number one. And... Um, I'm walking up and and I hand it to Tim Vigil and Tim Vigil goes I didn't write he goes I didn't put nothing in that book I was like yeah you did it's right here and um, he starts laughing he's like ah and I was like so and I, Jim was laughing I was like yeah I wouldn't laugh either he's like you did the cover and he's like what he's <laughs> like I didn't get paid for no cover <laughs> on that book I was like nope there's your cover and he's like son of a bitch because <laughs> like, I need to I need to make a phone call. But yeah, it was like all these guys, North Star was notoriously bad for screwing people over and, and using like stuff that they got done and then not paying people for it. And these oh, guys, man. legitimately, there's this one anthology book, like five of these guys worked on and not one of them had gotten paid for it yet. Oh. And I had to be the one who showed up at a con with that book to get signed. <laughs> I, man, uh, that's, um, yeah. <laughs> that, that would that would be harsh yeah I, i'm if you can't tell i'm a pretty big fan of the anthology stuff myself um yeah. you can't really see it above me but uh oh the tales from the crypt no oh yeah tons and tons of tales from the crypt books up there oh, but yeah. yes yes <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit of a fan yeah i mean literally i think the the last comic book i wrote was an anthology book so i would uh I don't know whatever came of it. I know it was. I know their artwork's done somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> mine too. Mine. Mine's an anthology. <laughs> so, um, so uh, while we're talking about, what's the name of your book, sir? Um, it is uh, Tales of Shock 
Second Terror. I actually have a copy copy of the A cover. Well, I have all the variant covers right here too, but uh, obviously uh, a huge EC inspiration. Um, this right here was uh, done by uh, myself um, and two of my good friends with me, uh, Chuck and Ron, with the artwork done by Drew Moreland, who went and did all of her uh, art classes and um, video classes over at Douglas Community Center, which, um, uh, yes, she did end up learning under Tom Savini. And all the artwork in this comic book is actually 100% done by hand. And every cover is hand-painted. So, and I mean, every one of them is fully hand-painted. Each one of the covers is like a variant on one of the stories inside of the book. And um, yeah, they're um, different, pushing boundaries, a little bit graphic. uh, Definitely sticking with the EC style of... You know, my, my goal going into it was basically, if I can make every mom in America burn this book, I have done my part for horror. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how I went into it, and nobody burned it yet. So I'm working on a second one, and I really, really went pretty extreme with some of the stuff. But <laughs> you, you, have you got gone Veronica extreme yet? <laughs> no, um, I mean. This is the first time I'm actually publicly even talking about this new one. So um, I, I will say that there may or may not be a rape revenge story in a comic book. So if you're fans of stuff like I Spit on Your Grave, um, it's uh, definitely going to uh, appeal to those people. I tried to keep it so modest because it's about the story, not so much about the rape. I, I have to ask you this. Um, I wrote a script for a, a rape revenge movie. Uh, I had got it 20 years ago now. And um, when I was writing it, it was in a dark place. So I was able to write this really just brutal story of revenge. And when the time came to do the rewrite, I was in a lot better place. And I just didn't have it in me to write that brutal of a story again. Yeah. I mean, I I feel that you have to be in a dark place when you write something like that. I mean, in the first book, um, my story in there, uh, the artist, uh, Drew, she said that when she was drawing it, it put her into a dark place. And uh, she could tell that I've I've gone through some things, to say the least. Mm -hmm. Yeah. to be vague about it, there is a scene with a child who gets his head smashed in with a hammer. So, and, and I, you know, it could be a little bit graphic, but it's mm-hmm. about, you know, horror has that from time to time. Yeah, it's, yeah. You know, but it's, it's not. It's not back in the day where where what was it? Kids and pets were always safe, and then, uh, <laughs> and I can't remember. Oh, who, no. Somebody came along and screwed that whole uh, thing up. Well, I mean, uh, Ruggero Diodato, with his, uh, one of my all-time favorite horror films, uh, Cannibal Holocaust. Yeah, that one, um, that one pushed the boundaries on those animals. So, uh, well, yeah, because that I was mean, all real. Even to this day, they have, they were, <laughs> you know, I mean. Actually, I think he just passed away recently. Yeah, did but, um, weeks ago. I, I mean, that started a whole thing, and he, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, um, that's sad. But uh, I found out from uh, Giovanni Radici. <laughs> so, 
Yeah. Uh, what was I watching the other day? I was watching the uh, old Franco Nero uh, uh, Italian uh, Western, and it's like assistant rugged Diodato, and I'm like, what? Holy shit! Did he work on this, and yeah, he worked on that back in the like early seventies, I think. So. Oh, he's he's done quite a bit. Yeah. I'm I mean, I, I did pay homage to him in my latest book that we're still working on. You know, I mean, I'm a huge fan of his work. So, so who, how did you get into comics? What was your big, you know, you said EC, but you know, you don't, you don't seem to be that old. So <laughs> I, I, I'm in my thirties. I mean, I've, I, I will fully admit that I've never really been one for superhero comics. So, you know, growing up, like my, my you know, I'm, I'm the oldest of five. You know, my, my little brother, he really liked this Superman, his Green Lantern and stuff. But my first comic book was the, um, it's going to sound so stupid, the Demonic uh, Toys. No, oh, yeah, I got comic that. Book. Yeah. Yeah. Was it, yeah. I think and, Eclipse uh, Comics put it out, I believe. Or uh, I believe so. Yeah. yeah and then put all from, the... Oh, yeah. I mean, they, they, they were great. I, I loved yeah. them. I mean... There's that, and then uh, Spawn, and then right around the same time, I had to have been probably about four or five years old getting these, I was watching Tales from the Crypt, and I, I fell in love with the stories and everything else, and then, you know, my dad was never really somebody for censorship, he, he was a musician his whole life, mm -hmm. and, you know, he basically started showing me everything else. I, I found out about the 1970s Amicus films, found out about the comic books, found out about the comic book code, the trials, what happened, you know, basically what Crime Suspense Stories 22 ended up doing to the whole, whole comic book industry and, you know, the unfortunate side effect of Marvel and DC tag teaming up against DC because they were making way more money at the time and uh, you know, I mean, I, I got caught up in all of it and just started collecting and collecting. And I mean, I think as of right now, I own probably about 70 EC books, which I mean, it, it's not like a horrible amount, but I mean, for those who don't know, they're not the easiest thing to come by. And they're definitely, it's not like you can go to the store and pick one up for $2. No, no. You can get those, the, the nice reprints that they put out in the mid-80s aren't bad, but man, it'd be nice to have those original runs, so. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, I unfortunately um, was never able to get the Crime Suspense Stories 22 original run, but I got the reprint of that. But I mean, even the reprint of that is going for quite a bit right now. But, you know, I, I do have quite a bit of the original stuff. I mean, right up there, I got, like, uh, what was that, Panic Number 6? Yeah, that's, like, one of the main ones that followed afterwards where, basically, due to all the restrictions, they just put it out with a blank cover. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, like, basically, they're big old fuck you to them. So, I don't know if I'm allowed to... Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> This is the sh This is my show that I'm allowed the profanity. The other shows, I, I uh, uh, well, I did my Saturday morning show is I try to keep it, but my uh, this show and my my Friday show, I don't care. Those are for adults. All <laughs> right, good, good, good. Yeah. So, <laughs> in fact, well, there you can see the crime suspense stories twenty two. For those who don't know, this is what put the world up into an uproar. <laughs> yep, the severed head. Oh Ooh. yeah.
I got, um, I only have a handful of the reprints, but I have those really nice EC, like thick volume trade paperbacks. I got a bunch oh, of those. Oh, you got the coffee table one? Big uh, one? I don't have the great big one, big one. Oh, I have the ones that, that are like, a beautiful um, book. I don't know, slightly bigger in magazine size, like uh, probably time life size. So, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Th th those are those. That's a nice collection, too. I mean, yeah. I, I have quite a bit of those. I mean, I only have so much shelf space. <laughs> you know, Wait I mean, a minute. see all this. Sh I <laughs> I don't have a shop. It's not fair. This isn't my shop. This is my house. Oh man, <laughs> this, this is my basement. This is my finished basement. When we moved into this house, um, this was my wife and I's like like living room area because we we bought a house that so we could uh, uh, big enough that my mother in law could live with us. Cause she was starting to get older and, and having some issues and stuff here and there. And then my, my kids still lived upstairs. So they lived in the top floor. My mother-in-law and brother-in-law lived in the middle floor. And then me and my wife kind of stayed here, but we had our bedroom upstairs. But my kids finally moved out and my wife took over the upstairs, upstairs. I'm like, okay, this is mine. So. <laughs> oh man, those days. I can't wait for my kids to get old enough to move out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I still got one who's who will probably never move out. That's my that's my youngest, but he has autism, <laughs> so he he's he's all he's all chilled out. Then of course you got the, the dogs floating around here somewhere. <laughs> um, but the, the, well, the nice part about it is those those big books. I got one of them signed, I believe it, Motor City one year because um, and I cannot remember it's old because they're all all the guys who worked on them books have all passed away. But uh, I got one of the last guys who did yeah. the covers, and he did. The, he signed it, and it's I'm like, oh, man. got it all over there. I mean, the the only way you could top that is if you started buying the Gaines file copies that have been popping up on eBay. Which I don't know if you were able to see when they posted Crime Suspense Stories twenty two up on there. No, I did not see that. I don't know if it's sold, but they had it posted for a hundred thousand. Oh, it probably did. You know, Blue's I think Blue's it was a nine point two or a nine point six. Wow! Yeah, well, gold label. Whew. I know that. Uh, um, recently they got with the Bob Kane books for Batman and his personal copies, but he three ring binded everything, so all of his stuff was all beat to hell and back. His and it still all went through the roof and sold like high dollar. Oh. So, yeah, that that. <laughs> Any of that old stuff, the original things like that, they they go crazy amounts like that. Yeah. But you know, it's yeah, it was one of those times where it's like, man, I really wish I'd get that uh, Mega Millions ticket to win for me so I could start getting these. <laughs> oh my god! My wife asked me the other day. She goes, "What would you do if you won the Mega Millions?" I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "I'd have a lot cooler shop." Uh, <laughs> right, right. I was like, like, "I, I, I would, I would probably." Not a whole lot would change. I'd just drive a lot cooler car. <laughs> See, I, I, I always tell people, like, they, they got to be honest about it. We're all going to get really, really fucked up and buy a lot of stupid shit we don't need. Oh, I know. That's, that's, that's the, you know, I mean, we can all sit there and pretend we're going to do really good things, you know, but I mean, eh, we're going to probably blow it on something really, really dumb. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I already know. I, there's three things that I've wanted in my life that, and I've gotten most of the things I've always wanted, and it's bad that I've I've been able to pursue and find the stuff I wanted, and um, the th three things I always wanted was I want a '77 Bandit Trans Am, I want the '72 
Cuda, the Phantasm Cuda. I, I'm a huge Phantasm, Mark. I, I yeah. love Phantasm. And I, lo- and I love that car. Literally, Cuda is one of my favorite cars anyways. And I just love that car in that movie. And then the other one is I want the Mad Max Interceptor. And they were like, oh, yeah. I was like, hell, I'd drive that to the grocery store. I'd roll up in that thing. Right? Right hand driving it. Yeah. Have my dog in the passenger seat. <laughs> oh, dude, I get it. I've been yeah. telling my wife for years. And it's like, it's not even that expensive. But it's like, man, at first I would have to buy a treadmill because I'm too big. But I really want a fucking DeLorean. <laughs> uh, I, I I technically almost had one, and it was relatively cheap. Uh, my father yeah, they're was, not expensive. <laughs> no, and my firewall was sitting there. We went and looked at it. We drove it around. It it, it was fine, but the gullwing doors, the 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 lifts that hold them up, were gone. So there was literally a broom handle oh. in the back in the back seat. That you would put over and you'd have to put it in there so you could get in and out of the car because them doors are heavy. Because they're you know, just stainless steel. Oh, yeah, yeah. Things, I think like 150 pounds or something stupid like that. And uh, we're driving it, and my father was like sitting there, he's like, he's like listening and listening. You hear the while we're driving, he goes, There's a knock in that. And I was like, Man, I was like, wonder how hard that would be to fix. This is in the early days before you know everybody started 3D printing parts and stuff like that. And so we're looking up parts, and it was going to be more expensive to fix the car than what we were going to pay to buy the car. <laughs> that, that's how it is. I mean, yeah. but, but they're cool. I mean, oh yeah, they're definitely cool. I'd still own oh, one. I'm not going right. to just have one. I got, I, I got a friend of mine. She just, um, well, her, I think it was her husband ended up buying it for her, but she just recently came into uh, owning Jim Varney's DeLorean. Ooh. And um, wow. oh my god, I'm been begging her to let me just go for a ride with it. But I mean, I I, I didn't get a drive in with DeLorean, but I've I've been in a Lamborghini before, and I, I ripped my pants just getting in and out of that thing, dude. Because <laughs> the way you got to get in there isn't exactly the easiest. <laughs> well, they're they're super low to the ground. You got to like kind of you got to set and then kind of put your legs into the car. Yeah. So, at least the one I was in years ago, and you, you did. You had to go in, you sat down, and then twisted to get into the car, and then you had to pull the door shut. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big brawly guy like me just doesn't work out that well, man. It doesn't. <laughs> I, I don't but, I, but I still love it. I still love it, dude. Oh. I mean, they're they're just iconic. Oh yeah, definitely That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. So, um. So I got I got to ask you now. Uh, what comic books are you reading now? I guess what what are you reading? Now? Oh my god! Um, I mean, recently the it's 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 like I'll be honest. Like I, I literally just stay mostly within the EC realm nowadays. And I mean, with a habit like collecting EC, it's kind of hard to afford doing other comic books. Yeah. But, um, and me recently, me and my uh, seven-year-old daughter have been going through and um, reading the special edition of The Crow together and working on her reading together. So I've been trying to teach her how to read with The Crow, which might be a little controversial to some parents out there. But, I mean... You know... The- that the crow is probably one of the best love stories ever written. 
I still think hands down it has probably one of the greatest premises ever even created. Well, the concept and everything is just amazing. The 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 and what's funny is is the, I want to say the crow might be the first or second book I introduced my wife to when we got together. Um, because she she met me at my comic shop only because her best friend wanted to pick up books for his girlfriend. So she drove her, her best friend and they come in the shop and I'm just happened to be on my lunch break at my regular job at my shop because books were late and I'm in there complaining and arguing with the people with, with the distributor and stuff. And, um, I met my wife through there and then, um, I remember taking her, ah, uh, geez, I don't know if we've been been together for six months at the time, and I took her to Motor City Con back in the day when it was still a Nova or uh, um, not Novi. Um, oh man, where was it? What was it in Livonia? Yeah, I wasn't yeah. up here then. Yeah, I, I know that they've done it in Livonia, but yeah. I mean, you, you, you're only in your thirties. That would have been you would have been a little kid when that came. Yeah, that, that that's true. That's yeah. true. Um. But I took her up there, and we wandered around, and she started finding all these books, and she found, you know, The Crow, she found Faust, she found uh, uh, Cry for Dawn, because all those guys were there. And I, I let her read my, you know, big, thick trade paperback for The Crow at the time, and she fell in love with it. So she has a bunch, she has her own Crow stuff and whatnot, but yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the first book I, one of the first, like, I want to say three books I might introduce my wife to. And it's a hell of a start. Yeah, and then uh, I've been at conventions. The unfortunate to thing, though, is usually it's a downward slide after that because it's really hard to top that one. <laughs> well, it, it, well, it was really. Do you know the whole backstory of why the crow got written? Yes. Yeah, that's people were like what? I was like, yeah, his girlfriend was murdered. Like you know, and he's like, what? Don't that's why. Yeah, and what? And yeah. then you just keep going into this whole thing, and people start. Yeah, and they're like, that's oh, why it's, the it's sad. Yeah, and uh, the do whole you, fact you know how James actually got to start doing artwork? Um, I probably do, but it's one of the ones that it's. I was told it probably thirty five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Military instruction manuals. Ah, uh, yeah, and uh, <laughs> it's crazy. That guy's done quite a bit with where he started. Oh man, I'll tell you the funny thing about Jim O'Barr that uh, Jim O'Barr was the guy that I've never met anybody that smoked as much as that dude did back in the day. I watched it that was. man. Yeah, I was watching that man in a, in a convention where you weren't allowed to smoke, and he's just and his cigarette. He take a cigarette, like that one off, but and they're like, "Sir, you can't smoke in here." He's like, "Yeah, I'm going to smoke." And he went back to smoke. <laughs> I think that's why he always has his tables next to the doors in the back. Oh yeah. If you ever know, like any time I've ever seen him, he always has a table by the door, and yeah, he'll be the first person. Like yeah, as soon as his line clears, he'll just get up and walk away, and just yep. go outside and chain smoke. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh man, but uh, oh, but, and legitimately with the crow, that's got one of the best lines ever. Was when um, he's. Cause this doesn't give anything away because this book's been out since what, like 1988. So <laughs> the year I was born. <laughs> See, you're, you know, you're like three years older than my oldest son. So, <laughs> oh, it's okay. It's okay. Um, but when he, when, uh, 
he goes to the grave at the end. And this this gets me every time I reread that book. When he tells her, he goes, remember I told you we'd be together forever? And he goes, well, it's forever. And then it ends because he finally admits and he finally dies. And you're just like, man, that is, that's some deep stuff. Yeah, I mean, I I get it, though. I get the place that he was at, that's for sure. I mean, it's... it's, uh, it's still one of my favorites. I know um, it's unfortunately one of the things that me and uh, Mr. Nealis don't agree on, <laughs> but he's not a very big Crow fan, but I, <sighs> I'm i I'm a comic book fan pretty much, period. If it's got good artwork and a good story, I'll enjoy it. And then I've also been collecting X-Men since I was like five years old, and I've collected that book through thick and thin, good stories and bad, and there I am. And I'm like, look at people go, you know that was a bad series. I was like, oh, dude, there's like a decade where they're horrible, but I still have <laughs> them all because I've collected them. <laughs> hey, man, I, I I understand. I mean, being a Tales from the Crypt collector, I mean, I have toys that were really just horrible things, dude. <laughs> Some of the, the worst things ever made like was the one like a gargoyle <laughs> like things like that and it's yeah i mean i i've made some pretty ridiculous purchases hell i think i'm the only person i know that has both of the tales from the crypt movies on laser discs um <laughs> no I, I you know what i don't have i don't have it on laser disc um Pointless. It's pointless to have it on Laserdisc. <laughs> Not for me, I have a Laserdisc player. I can watch it. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I I don't think I can get rid of them because I, I, I got mine all. Um, I don't know if you know this, but Cincinnati in March, we got the Horror Hound Weekend coming. Yep. And John Cassier is going to be there. And I bought my tickets the day, basically, they started selling them for that. Yeah. Then Phil Fondacaro is going to be there, and I'm a huge fan of that little guy. Uh, his work in Troll is still some of the greatest stuff you'll ever see. <laughs> we, um, I, I got to go to my first convention this last year, uh, horror convention, as, as a guest. And oh. that's weird. But I'm literally hanging out with the, you know, talent. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm back here. I mean, I was supposed to do interviews, but of course on Saturday, no one wants to do an interview because it's too busy. No. So Sunday, like literally I got to um, do an interview right at the end of the day, Saturday. But I got most of the day, got to hang out with everybody, got to go to the after party and stuff like that. And, oh my God, I got to hang out with the dude who is the new leprechaun and he was the body stand-in for Chucky. And I cannot remember his name now. Little Ed dude. Gale. What? Ed Gale. Yeah. And he comes walking by and, and with, his, with, his, with his beer and his backpack and smoking a cigarette. And I was like, wow. How long ago was that? Um, no, let's see. Hold on a second. He's done breathing machines now. No, 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 no. This is, this is not that guy then. This is... Shoot, I'm gonna. He was the stand-in for Chucky. as Ed Gale. He was also no, Howard the Duck. No, this this was not that guy. This is a younger guy. Younger guy. Um, 
He's in the newest Leprechaun, the, 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 uh, not Origins, uh, let's see, there he is. Da, 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 da. It makes for good, this makes it a good podcast here. We're gonna, as I play on a phone. Oh, no, no, I, 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 All right. Linden, I, I, I actually uh, like that one. Huh? Yeah, that one's actually pretty good. Leprechaun Origins is horrible, but the Leprechaun, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, Linden Porco? Right Porco? Proco? Yeah. Let me see something. This little guy right right there. But um all right, well, Lyndon Porco. Yeah. So hmm. he, he's just walking around getting hammered and drinking. <laughs> but I did yeah, get he, he didn't do Chucky though. Oh he he was in cult of Chucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I was talking about the guy in the original. No, 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 no. <laughs> it's, I got to hang out with all these guys all weekend. So I'm just sitting there talking. I end up hanging out with the guys from, um, uh, I call them the Hellraiser guys, even though that's just kind of their, their, what they were really, really known for. The Pinhead from the last one, so it's Pinhead from 10. Um, the guy who directed 10, plus he did all the special effects makeup for 3 through 10. And then the guy who was Chatterer, uh, he was Chatterer, he was the uh, monster from Feast, and he was also um, Pumpkinhead in 3 and 4. I, I love the Chatterer. In fact, uh, um, my, my wife actually can hear me right now, but uh, when the pandemic first started, the first face mask I bought was a Chatterer face mask. <laughs> and man, did she fucking hate seeing those teeth and the face being pulled back there. I mean, I could tell she didn't like it. Well, well, it was funny because those guys are super nice guys. <laughs> oh, they, they they all are. I mean, yeah. if if people even understood the real stuff behind Hellraiser, it would probably freak them out more than the movies. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what, what are the all the gay S and M stuff? I don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it's weird how that just kind of just doesn't really cross anybody's mind when they watch it, though. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah, this is a very very homosexual movie. <laughs> I, I I met Clive Barker in '93, I believe, and uh, it was funny because I walked up to him, he's he's greeting and talking to all the people because we're at a uh, summit. So this is legitimately a thing for only comic book vendors and like people connected to the the, the industry and stuff like that. So legitimately, there's uh um you know um he's there. Stan Lee was there. Um, the milestone has just kicked off. Uh, image had really just started. So there's like the spawn people and stuff like that. Um, but we're sitting there and um, I'm, I'm, I'm talking to him. I'm like, man, I was like, I, I got to say this. I was like, uh, I, I remember finding Hellraiser when I was like 13 because it came out in 87. I was like, I went and seen it in the theater. Wasn't supposed to be there. When it's in. I was like, man, I was like, you, you're, you fucked up this little kid royally like that. <laughs> And he goes, well, it's always nice to meet a fan. <laughs> I was like, well, I appreciate it. I, I love that one. In fact, uh, going back to Horror Hound Weekend, I believe Doug Bradley's going to be there. Doug's and I do have my uh, Hellraiser number one gold edition VHS for him to sign. <laughs> <laughs> but hold on to that one for a long time, waiting oh, yeah. for the right opportunity. He doesn't come out this way too often. I haven't noticed. He he used to. 
Um, I think now he's just kind of, from what I understand, he's, he's getting up there. Yeah, he's he's semi-retired, from what I understand. And yeah. he, he he just kind of gets tired of it, and he's tired of being on the road. And I get it. I I could see that. Yeah. So. I mean, you you get that a lot with people. I mean, I think the last bigger one that I went to was probably one of the was it the last Astronomicon, and uh, you got those vibes from Michael Berryman a little bit. He was getting a little up there, but um, I will say he hands down has to be one of the nicest people in the world too, though. Super nice dude. Yeah. Um, Have you ever interviewed somebody and they actually took you out of the convention place and took you over to their room to do the interview? No. Michael Berryman did that oh, for wow. me. We we I got to talk to him at um God this might not be right, but it, it was a I want to say a Fright Night Film Festival in Kentucky in oh God twenty something well. 20, about 20 years ago and um he sat there he chatted with us if i if i ever find it it's legitimately on a little super vhs tape my interview with him um that was one of the ones where i met some of the nicest people in horror that went out of their way the one that surprised me was uh, um um adrian uh um uh, Sean from the original Monster Squad movie. Alright, yeah. All Andre, those guys were pretty good, though. They're all really nice people. He, it's, it's kind of rare to find people in the horror realm that are mean. I mean, horror has this weird reputation, but I mean, there's not a lot of negativity between the community and the fans. No. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've, I've met a couple in my times of people that oh. you're just like, yeah, I'm never going to talk to that guy again. Yeah, so, and I'll, so. I'll give people a heads up. I'm like, hey, if he's at a convention, just yeah, yeah. No, no. I'll, I'll tell you about some of mine off air. <laughs> I don't like to call them out, but I mean, I've had uh, I've had some real problems with a few of them, and I mean, one of them caused a pretty big scene, which I'm probably not the proudest of. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I I got kicked out of Motor City Con for uh, um, telling Rob Liefeld he sucked because I was hanging out with the guys from Guar. And we're set up where we could see him. And I'm at the end of my day, and I don't care. I'm getting ready to leave anyways. And there's all these people waiting for Rob Liefeld's autographs, and I'm just like, eh, whatever. And they're like, man, Liefeld sucks. And I'm like, Liefeld sucks. And I just kept getting louder and louder. Person security comes over and says, like, sir, you have to leave. Mr. Liefeld asked for you to be removed. I'm like, it's all right. I'm out of here. Talk to you guys later. High five. Walked out the door. Wow. Yeah, that, I mean, I think the worst one I could say on here is probably um, I, I tried to record something when I was supposed to be doing, you know, interviews, and the person got pretty offended because they were trying to promote um, the Jay and Silent Bob reboot movie, mm -hmm. and I only wanted to talk about her appearance in Jack Frost. Um, if you haven't caught on, it's Shannon Elizabeth. Elizabeth, yes. He didn't really care too much about <laughs> I didn't want to talk about Jay and Silent Bob at all. <laughs> ah, sorry about that. Oh, you are fine. You're fine. Legitimately, like, every every interview I do, unless I, like, the summer when it's warm, I can just make the dog stay outside. If not, I'm like, I'm sorry, I gotta stop. We're gonna get the dog, run back over. I, I get it. I mean... 
I got a cat that's pretty loud. I see you got yours very quiet. Well, and I mine, the black and white one's quiet. Oh, yeah. So that the, one gets noisy. Really? Yeah. Especially when I'm doing my other show, because I don't know what it is. If I set up my camera and my microphone, as soon as I turn them on, she'll start meowing. Really? I heard it's because huh. it creates an electrical field or something that cats are sensitive to. But my other cat don't do it. Huh. I don't know. We um we recently had to uh, get rid of one of ours. Um, uh, it wouldn't really get mad about the electrical things or anything, but if you sneezed, she would hunt you down and attack your ass. The hell? That's yeah, I mean, she caused me to break my foot. She had a few people that she attacked. I mean, she's... I mean, off the top of my head, I think she's attacked four or five people. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've never met an animal that I could say was just a fucking asshole. But that cat was. And it's always the prettiest ones, too. It was like a long hair, black cat. Really small. Her name was Jedi. And she was a cunt. <laughs> yeah. that, that one that one's not bad my cat's chill my cat's hiding over there but my cat dead quiet um you you won't even know like one day we're sitting there going did is the cat around here we started looking everywhere because the cat just disappeared and we thought oh man the cat got outside that's the only thing we could think of and then all of a sudden, I go in there, I go, hold on a second. I go and grab the cat food bag. Chicka, chicka, chicka. Cat comes running in. Like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's usually how it is. The, the other cat that we have is like that. Uh, she'll, she'll meow when she's around my wife, but that's the only person she likes. But she has to weigh almost 20 pounds, too. I mean, when she walks, her gut just goes swaying back and forth. There was like one time you know, she like ran through the house and I was pretty sure my daughter was running in the hallways and it was the cat. <laughs> oh, she, yeah. Huge monster cat. <laughs> Never had any big monster cats, but man, my I've I've I know people have had some. You just gotta overfeed them. <laughs> the worst part about it is is the cats we got now are full grown cats and they're relatively small. And it, I don't know what it is about us, but like the last three or four cats we've had have all stayed small. And I'm like, oh, okay, maybe we know something that we don't know we know. Huh. I don't know. If you want a bigger cat, I would strongly suggest mixing their food in with a little bit of Crisco. I'm not sure how that would help them in the long run, but you'll have a bigger cat, I'm pretty sure of it. Oh, I, don't, I don't care. I like my cats the way they are. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, if I can get my dog to lose weight, my dog got fat. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a dog. So. <laughs> ah, crap. Um, okay, okay. So, <laughs> I gotta get back to some comic questions here for okay, you. Okay, all, right, um, all right, right. Okay, if you could work with anybody in the comic industry, who would you want to work with? Oh, God. Um, I mean... It, it, it's sad because I've asked this person before and never got a reply. And this this person also bought my book and has talked to me too. And uh, I, I would say I, I would love to work with somebody like Jim Terry. Um, he 
an incredibly nice person. I mean, really, really good artist. I mean, he ended up doing some of the artwork for um, was the hack and slash stuff with the crow. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he's he just a nice guy, huge EC fan. I feel like he would be somebody that gets where I would want to be. And I mean, a lot of days now, I mean, you don't get that same feel of people who are really into EC. Yeah. You know, most people walk past like stuff like what I do and, you know, th- they'll be a little excited because some of the variant covers kind of pop at you, but they don't know any of these EC books. They know what Tales from the Crypt is mm-hmm. because of the TV show and stuff like that. And John Kassir doing the Crypt Keeper. But a lot of people don't know too much about the comic books in general. And having somebody like that who actually really enjoys the comic books and what they were, I think could really make a project that much better. Cool. Um, my next question was going to be a question you answered before we went on. Um, but if you could work in any other medium, what would you work in? I mean, let's just be honest, man. I I can't speak for everybody, but I only work because I need money. So, I mean, I would obviously pick something where... I would get paid a lot and not have to work so I could actually do the stuff I really wanted to do, which I never get paid for. <laughs> like, you know, like podcasting and writing comic books, which, I mean, doesn't really pay the bills that much, but it's a really great hobby, you know? And I mean, I, I, I can't speak for every podcast out there, but, like, I've been sponsored by big people. I mean... I got almost $3,000 worth of free Manscaped stuff. <laughs> you know, like, I've done it all. and just You know, I mean, the money's not right for it all. I mean, you know, if I could do anything, I mean, it would have to be more about it being successful. You know, having a family, it's kind of hard to just do what you love, unfortunately. Uh, would you go back to working in film? Um, no, no. I mean, it was fun and I enjoyed it, but guess how much I made? Zero. That's right. Zero. Not a zero. You know how many people benefited off me, though? (laughs) More than my head. That's for sure. That, that, that's one thing that I've got to where I am in life and people ask me because people are like oh you do all this stuff you got a lot of followers and stuff and they're like have you made any money I'm like I guess technically because I have Patreons that help you know I was like but literally I'm only using that to invest back into the show so I'm putting money aside I got a right. new microphone I'm getting a new chair stuff like that I don't I'm not making any money off of it yeah and, 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 you know a lot of people don't realize like like I don't know your setup for instance but like I don't know how intricate you've gotten with your setup either, to be fair, but no. I've gotten intricate enough where I have a Audio-Technica broadcaster headset, and I run it off a Mackie soundboard. Um, <laughs> Not that far along. I, just, I, got a, uh, I got a Yeti microphone. It goes to my computer, to which I set on a folding chair on a folding <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah. I got um, a radio station headset. <laughs> Excellent. Oh my god! I, I, I have a, I have a friend. He's, I he's went a good too guy. far. 
they have a really I mean they got a good podcast but man they dumped a ton of money in their right. setup and I'm like ah, okay okay guys man I had a um um my neighbor kid he decided to um start a, a YouTube channel and he was streaming stuff and he was he was doing podcasts his dad paid for him to go to PodCon his dad bought him all this equipment and um he he did the the commercials so you got you know one really high episode where you got a shit ton of watchers and then the next episode you got like 10 you know stuff like that and um i'm like i wanted to look at because i was friends with his dad too and i'm like i just wanted to go man you know he's never gonna make any money off this right you know because he's he's unless you get super lucky and like the one in um you know I think it's easier to win the lottery than to win the YouTube podcast lottery where you become famous. Right. No, you're definitely right there. I mean, obviously things like, like, you know, there are the side things that really help though. I mean, like my merch sales, you know, the like Patreon type stuff. I mean, we accept donations. I mean, of course, like, like anybody else, we have all of those things set up and, you know, and you know, plus any kind of things that are sent in from like YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, all that kind of stuff, and it all adds up. And you know, I mean, even right now, I have a couple of sponsors too, and so I mean, it it, it does give into it, but I mean, not not a ton. I mean, after paying for the services that I use to do it all, and you know, it, it's just a a fun hobby. Yeah. You know. It is, and it, as I, I say, it, it keeps me from uh, it keeps me occupied, it keeps me from doing stupid shit and <laughs> getting in trouble. Right? Yeah, my my wife was joking with me recently, like, we just need to get another computer, and you and Heidi, my my youngest daughter, start recording Minecraft videos. Those make a lot of money. <laughs> and I looked into it, and there was one person my daughter watched, net worth like eighty two million dollars, and she just plays Minecraft. Like man, this fucking bitch. What fucking Minecraft? <laughs> like, like my my youngest son, um, he got all of a sudden we're sitting there watching. And he starts watching those Ryan videos, and I'm like, this is just a kid at the water park and his parents recording it. And I went, what the hell? This kid's making I can't remember how many like twenty million a year. And I'm like, what? And it's already people who are rich, spoiled kids. Yeah. Yeah, see, those... I mean, they're just me. <laughs> it's not that bad. Nah. I mean, you know, uh, oh, yeah. it's, uh, it's just the way it is, though. I mean, yeah. well, what can you do? Yeah. You I, know, I just I do mean, it for other fun. than just try to find them and break their cameras. <laughs> go, to the, go to all these amusement parks. Just, every time you see somebody smack it out of their hands. Right. Nobody gives a fuck about your kid and break their camera <laughs> and walk away. <laughs> right. Oh god, it's it's bad because it, I mean I hate to say this, but it's almost true because everybody thinks that they're going to turn their kids into a uh, a new new show. Right, right. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are weird, though. I mean, there's, I mean, it, it recently came up on my show because we were talking about kids, and I forget how I got brought up. But it was like something along the lines of like everyone thinks their kids cute, and I brought it up there. I'm like, no, no one gives a fuck about your ugly kids. Most of your kids are ugly. That's just the way it is. Kids aren't cute. No. Most of them are ugly. Most of them are disgusting. 
I mean, half more than half of them don't even wash their hands after they wipe their ass. You're gonna tell me that's cute? No, the kids are gross. <laughs> my, my, me and my wife were laughing. I was like, man, I was like, kids are gross and they're sticky. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I, they're like. I remember when they had the help, when uh, COVID surged again, you know, and I was like, we don't know why it's surging again. I was like, because you open schools back up and little kids are gross in there. <laughs> right. You know how many times I got sick before having kids? Like, fucking never. Now that they're in school, it's like, what the fuck? It's like, I'm sick as much as they are. Oh, yeah. It's so. it's bad. And, and the worst part about it is now I'm around, like, kids on a regular basis because i have the comic shop and you know i have these high school kids coming in you're just like ah just stay the hell over there stay away from <laughs> right yeah i mean i can't imagine running a comic book store i mean it seems like it would be the dream job but i mean there's oh i know one of my favorite local places um if you're ever in the area you should really check them out they're called freedom comics okay and I mean, you know, it's your typical comic book stores, bigger than average, I'd say, packed full of stuff, so much cool stuff, man. And they ended up getting robbed big time. Ooh, and yeah. And then they ended up finding a lot of stuff, but they broke them all out of the um, oh the graded books. Yeah, they, they the, broke the them capsule. all out so they couldn't prove anything. Yeah. And I got that barcode uh, on there. Yeah, they they were able to buy all their books back, but all at a loss to them. And there's a sad seeing all that kind of stuff happen. And I mean, there, there's, I mean, people don't realize the profit margins on a lot of that stuff really isn't that high for a lot of people out there. And it's those things really can break a business in a second. Well, I, I tell people because people I don't carry new books for the shelf new books for for, for file customers only right there is no money in new comics no you because you, you know you get a 40 percent discount mm-hmm. you pay shipping you got to pay people seriously dog and <laughs> you got to pay all that your your margin goes down to nothing what do you want dog why are you freaking out uh, no he don't but go, go lay down. Really? <laughs> See, ah, I get that dog, and then I got that dog. <laughs> oh, that's a cute one. That that one's quiet, and then I have the fat one that's just that size. But then I got this noisy one. Go, you don't need nothing. Go. Now I have to edit all this out in the middle of the show. <laughs> It's okay. Yeah. Just do what I do, man. We do our show live. Uh, I and then I we go and download the audio straight and just send it out. Like fuck it, I don't care. It's funnier. I, oh man, we've got some great stuff in here, but I've also had to edit because like they're they're legitimately like um, my son comes running down the stairs because I forgot to lock the door, and I don't know what he had done, but he had. Spilt stuff all over his pants. And um, he comes running down the steps, just Winnie the Pooh in it, shirt, no pants. And all he sees him running, like, Vince! 
I, I always called that a porky pig in it. Porky pig. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh in it, Donald Duck in it, you know. Right. No, no, I, I get it though. Yeah, you no. Know. Mm. Yeah, I mean I think the worst thing I've had to edit out was I had a, a celebrity interview who in the middle of a question didn't really get mad at the question, but got mad thinking about the story he was telling. And then started talking a lot of shit about a bigger celebrity who has um, afterwards gotten to really, really bad health. <laughs> like, it just did not look good. But I don't think it was like the last thing I really edited out. And that was like, I don't know, 90 something episodes ago. <laughs> So I, I, I gotta I gotta ask you because we talked about your comics, we talked about this, uh, your podcast. Tell us more about your podcast. All right, so uh, tales from the podcast. Can you guess what it's about? It's a <laughs> it, it it it's evolved quite a bit. So I originally had it where it was like every other week because I didn't you know when you first start you're just. You're not really sure. So I mean, every other week I was sitting there doing it, and you know I had different ghosts at different times and you know i mean i had my one buddy john on for a while and he ended up he's in the army um he ended up having to go and be deployed so he kind of took hiatus for a while and he's always welcome back he's an amazing person knows his shit real real well um and just started doing every other week going chronologically in order of tales from the crypt episodes and then halfway through that i'm like you know I'm a just a really big horror fan in general. Why don't I start doing more stuff with horror too? So I started integrating it where every other week in between, I would do this side show that I called 2G1C, which was kind of a play on two girls, one cup, but we called it two guys, one crypt. And I just thought it was funny. And then we started doing like these really cheesy kind of horror movies. And I had my buddy Chuck on for that, and he's still part of that show. Um, I also ended up having somebody else on there. Um, his name is Jack Hunter. And uh, I ended up having to take him off and publicly talk about that because, uh, I mean, he, he got um, a little carried away on a film set. And uh, to say the least, it involved girls, uh, minors. And I, I booted him off of everything as soon as that happened. And, um, you know, after doing it like that for like almost 80 something episodes of having horror movies integrated into it, I was like, well, let's just really focus on the tales from the podcast. And now it's a weekly show where we do tales from the crypt every week, you know, minus certain special events. So like New Year's Eve. Um, we have crossover episodes because we have other podcasts that we're just really good friends with where we, you know, legitimately plan out crossover episodes where we air on both of our channels at the same time and do things like that. And, um, you know, so like, like even for like this week, um, it's Friday the 13th today. Mm -hmm. So I thought, you know, tomorrow's my show. Maybe we should do Saturday the 14th. But then I was like, fuck it, we need to do Friday the 13th part one. So, <laughs> you know, so we're doing things like that and, you know, holidays and stuff. But I mean, right now we're at the end of season six, which is really, really sad. If you're a Tales from the Crypt fan, you 
probably know that season seven wasn't the greatest. So it's uh, about to hit the shitter. Um, we also have the worst Tales from the Crypt movie left, which is The Ritual, which a lot of people don't even know that's a Tales from the Crypt movie. No. Um, it was such a horrible movie that they tried to do anything to make it sell better. And I think this movie got released in like 2006 or 2007, way after Tales from the Crypt was even off the air. Yep. And they added it to it to kind of help increase sales. Kind of like the opposite of what Tales from the Crypt did with the Frighteners. Because the Frighteners was originally supposed to be a Tales from the Crypt movie. And they ended up taking it off there because they thought that would actually sell just fine by itself. And obviously Michael J. Fox killed that role and it was amazing. But, but so, you know, I'm kind of right there. Um, I will say that once we get to the end, we are going to jump in and do a couple of episodes off Tales from the Crypt Keeper which is the cartoon series. Um, yep. If you're a fan of that, got an animation cell up there. <laughs> but, um, you know, and once we start that, we're going to throw up a public poll. And I figured, you know, I kind of feel like I, we really hit the jackpot with our name, Tales from the Podcast. It's definitely kind of catchy, and it, it sets us up for doing you know, kind of like anthology type stuff when you hear the name. Mm -hmm. So we're going to throw up a poll and basically let our audience choose which is going to be our next anthology series to go through. And, uh, I mean, been doing it for about, whew, I think five years now. So it's been a little while, but it's uh, been a fun journey. Lots of twists, lots of turns, lots of people. Lots of celebrity guests, interviews. I mean, got real lucky with having John Kassir on, like, my second or third episode. Wow. Yeah. Um, I've, I've had Todd Masters on, who did all the special effects for a lot of the episodes. Uh, you know, countless celebrities from the show, including Michael Berryman that we talked about before. And, you know, when he got to play Van Helsing and kill George Wentz. <laughs> So, I mean, there's just so many cool things I was able to do with this, and it's definitely, uh, you know, opened up doors, at least as far as, you know, helping me be able to talk to the people that I admire seeing on screen. Yeah. I mean, literally, that's that's where I'm at with this show, is it started out as something completely different, and uh, actually, it started out as a public access television show in oh, the early man. 2000s. <laughs> Before podcasting, we had public access TV. You really um, understand? I was like, I used to have to go to the studio with VHS tapes and put them in and edit them together so that I had a master tape. And um, I did, that was one of the show I did a ton of interviews for. And uh, I wish I could find some of them because those are lost. Lost media. Well, like... All right, it's it's funny that you bring this up because like obviously you have that nostalgic that nostalgic feelings for like that public access stuff. Mm -hmm. So kind of going back to our conversation earlier, you brought up the movie Leprechaun. Yeah, you know who directed that movie, don't you? Uh, the the original. No, the newest one. Oh, the newest one. I can't think of the top of top of my head right now. Stephen Kostansky. Uh, um, he was part of my favorite indie production group that is now disbanded. They were called Astron Six. Oh, the the yeah, 
the uh, uh, the editor and uh, uh, Manborg, Manborg, Man and uh, 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 Father's Day. Uh huh. Chow boys. Chow, yeah. Did you ever see the web series that they put out? No, I didn't know they did one. Oh, it's all like public access based. It's called Divorced Dad, and it's basically a divorced dad telling you all the things that you can do as a recently divorced dad. And it is done in that way with like the cutouts and the zooming and all the weird <laughs> shit from the early nineties. It's <laughs> it's it it's short. It's like six or seven episodes. You might have to really search for some of it because I know they got kicked off of YouTube for uh, a, an ISIS joke. <laughs> so, but I mean, if you understand the group, you kind of get their comedy. Oh, yeah. I mean, Definitely obviously, you know who they are. Oh, so yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm friends with uh, Matthew Kennedy and Sean Sweeney from that group, and I mean, I, I'm in love with their work. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're amazing. <laughs> but yeah, that, you that, definitely got to check that out, though. Uh, the dad. When you do, you got to message me right away, dude, because I'm going to tell you, you will never laugh that hard in your life. <laughs> so the first episode alone, dude, I was crying. But it's like, it's kind of like, oh, this is so stupid. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> well, and and I'm not surprised because there are probably legitimate public access shows that were that at one point. <laughs> I mean, they they nailed it. Yeah, <laughs> like, it looks like it was a public access show that came out. Oh man, those were fun. I, I I'm not gonna lie. I did an entire episode um i went and did all the interviews and stuff like that i and i come home from work and i was shooting my show filming it and um i was having a bad day so the entire time i'm drinking and i have this uh um i, I like a like a i bought a bunch of like the 22 ounce uh like smirnoff ices or something like that <laughs> and it's, it's sitting on the table in front of me while i'm doing my my thing and the way i had to edit it the the bottle would be like completely full and then it would be almost completely empty and then it'd go back up and it would come back to <laughs> and then suddenly there's two of them and then the one would disappear. Oh man. I was like, man, I need a continuity guy to help me. <laughs> hey man. Th those days had to have been a lot of fun. I wish I could have started back in like that kind of era. It, it it was a complete the the worst part was you could film it you could do it all at home, but you'd get to the TV station and the TV station took VHS tapes in the <laughs> early two thousands and you're just like that's all because you had to have everything you take everything digitally you'd have to run it through put it on the VHS tape go through and it was a colossal pain in the butt. <laughs> I I've done the reverse and I've took VHSs and turned them into digital media and that's still kind of a pain in the ass. I mean, I guess it's kind of easy nowadays, but it's back in the day it was a lot of fucking stupid setup shit. No, oh, I remember doing that. I had a VCR, I had my uh, S video cable going into my my computer. <laughs> oh yeah. It was it was bad for me growing up cuz my my dad was kind of the conspiracy kind of theory guy. So he would wait for the cable to run deals where they would give you like all the pay channels for free for like 3 months. Mhm. Mm He'd buy like 500 blank VHSs and record every fucking movie. Cuz he thought cable was going to end. 
and he thought there would be no more TV left, and this would be like the only thing you could watch. To this day, he has like 16 terabytes of movies because now he thinks the internet's going to fail, but his hard drive's going to be okay. And he's going to have all this movies and TV shows still. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's what's funny with me is uh, I, I am on the quest to save lost media. So I'm always looking for, you know, cartoons that don't exist, you know, on DVD or anything like that. So I'm always consuming that. So I have uh, three, let's see, four, six, I got, I don't know, like 16 terabytes of uh, old Saturday morning cartoons, cartoons from back in the day that you can't find anymore and all that fun stuff. And oh, um, Don't get me wrong. I mean, I, I, I have a lot of stuff too, but I also have every streaming service out there. <laughs> you know, I mean, I got a, behind my computer is a 16 and an 18 terabyte external full. Jeez. And then I got another one terabyte here and a two terabyte in my drawer. I got uh, about 6,000 DVDs on multiple shelves. Probably have a couple thousand Blu-ray. Um, I got probably about 1,500 VHS tapes still. Oh, yeah. Really? I'm, um, I'm and right I got, there with you. <laughs> really, dog? What is your problem? <laughs> And I still got like a hundred laser discs. I got about twenty of the v VCDs. <laughs> oh man! Because I'm, I'm no. good old days of public access television. <laughs> Can't beat it. <laughs> um, but no, um, like the streaming services and and all that stuff. I you know I got a buddy who does the same thing. He thinks all that stuff's going to go away one day, and I'm like. <sighs> I'm not going to say they're going to go away, but some of the movies just ain't going to be streaming. But then you got channels like Tubi that's proving me wrong. So I'm like, yeah. Tubi. And it's free. Yeah, Tubi and Plex. If you're a horror fan, dude, I'm telling you, Tubi is the fucking shit. Most horror fans are always going to swear by Shudder. Don't get me wrong, Shudder has some cool shit. Oh, yeah. But as far as like the amount and the, the quantity, man, Tubi hits the fucking shit out of the park. Tubi's great for movies, period. Shudder's good because they, they do the uh, uh, original stuff. It's like, you know, the only Shudder gets and stuff like that. I've had some problems recently with that. And it's not, it's, I don't know. There's a, it's not the most political correct thing, I guess you could say, but it's, they really focus on a specific group of people nowadays and it to me is just overdone it's like yeah just move on let's go back to the 80s let's let's we'll see chopping mall and blood diner and I, I don't need to see all this bullshit propaganda fucking stuff trying to make you feel certain ways over certain issues and they they've even put out documentaries about some of the stuff and it's like ah I just miss the old days and horror and the brutality of it and the nastiness of it. And there didn't have to be anything. I mean, like we were talking about earlier with Clive Barker, I mean, homosexual BDSM fucking movie to a fucking T, but didn't really throw it in your fucking face. The, this day, it's like Shudder's pretty bad with some of that stuff. And uh, I, I feel like a, a lot of the blame has to go to Jason Blum, who I despise with a passion 
<laughs> See, I'm I, I I'm I'm a guy that I I do not like the I'm well, I can't say I don't like the A twenty four stuff the 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 intelligent horror and you're like I, I to this day I I watched Hereditary once in the theater the weekend it came out and then I tried to rewatch it later and I couldn't get through it I'm like I this is I, I got, barely got through it the first time. And it's like, oh, it's the scariest movie. And I'm like, I laughed at the big reveal at the end. And I'm like, I don't... Uh, I was like, this guy could make the best movie ever after that. And I have no intention of ever watching it. I've never watched Midsummer. Uh, I, I don't watch anything. I didn't care for it. I mean, they, they don't, they've done some things that are okay. But I mean... For the most part, there's a lot of stuff I don't care about with them, too. I mean, it, it, a lot of it's just highbrow bullshit. Like, I will say, I, in a weird way, I enjoyed The Lighthouse. Now, see, I've not watched The Lighthouse yet. But. but that was, like, I mean, you actually had, like, a cast that was worth a fuck. You know, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe. I mean, it's hard to fucking not like Willem Dafoe in anything. Yeah. You know, but I mean, they, they've, I, I 100% agree with you on Hereditary, especially when that came out. It's, you know, everybody was talking about it. It's like, this isn't that good. I mean, <laughs> there's just some stupid shit. I, but, you know, um, what was the other one they did? Like, uh, Swiss Army Man? Why did, I didn't think that was too bad. Yeah. No, I, no. I can't say that A24. I just think the, the whole. The people trying to do the, the like said highbrow, you know, horror. They're like, what yeah. smart horror? I'm like, no, it's like you try to be, and I can't get into it. You know, um, it's it's like the, the the pompous asshole horror. It's like, look at me, I'm so much above you type shit. And they they do do that on a lot of their stuff. But you know, like I said, though they they have they have a few things. I mean. Hell, I think he it wasn't. I think Tusk is an A twenty four film too. Uh, the Kevin Smith horror yeah, movie. I, could, I, don't... I think it is, and like that—that that is not a highbrow one at all. But I no. think if that, if that was them, though, I mean that, that's early them. Probably, yeah, it doesn't have to be early them. Yeah, actually, I'm actually gonna look that up while we're talking. But I mean, it, that was a good one. Uh, and yeah, it was. It was one of their movies. Yeah. So I mean, you know, not, not all of them, but I mean, like, pro, I mean, we're talking like two percent of their stuff is decent, you know. But I feel the same way about Jason Blum. Ever since he ruined the remake of Black Christmas, yeah, I've hated him ever since. <laughs> Damn him for not even including Billy. What the fuck kind of horror fan are you? <laughs> Turning into magic, fucking cocksucker. Yeah, I've never watched the new one. When they did that, what was it? One early two thousands. Yeah, I, yeah. I, Th that remake wasn't bad. I didn't like that one. Well, I mean, it still had the same premise. Yeah. Though. This new one is no nothing, nothing the same. You know, he, that guy's just ruined like every movie he's ever touched, as far as I'm concerned. There's a couple Bloomhouse I like, but. I there's there's other ones that are, might be Bloomhouse that I didn't even pay attention that they were. Yeah, he he's just he, he's touched some franchises that's 
I mean, I just he he had no right to touch, in my opinion. <laughs> but well, what's your what's your favorite uh, uh, horror movie franchise? That is a very tough question. Um, I mean, there, there's so many good ones. I I guess I'd be lying if I didn't say probably Leprechaun. It has that weird horror comedy mix that I personally love to death. And, and I'm not saying it's better than some of the other ones, but it's one that I personally love. Especially when you go to, like, number four, Leprechaun in Space. There's one of the most fucking wildest ideas I've ever heard of in my life at the time. And I fucking love this shit, dude. I can't help it. There's just something about it. No, we, we just know? talked about that the other day. Me and my son were talking about the Leprechaun movies. <laughs> like, man, four has, is far better than it has any right to be. <laughs> Fuck yeah. But then again, I mean, like, I'd also say, hands down, probably one of the most underrated actors ever, Warwick Davis. Oh, that I dude's mean, great. Oh, God. I mean, he, I don't care what anybody says either. The, this Willow series he's working on doing and everything, that's been good. Who the fuck thought that they would make Willow good again? You know, I I've loved Willow. I didn't mind this one at all. <laughs> I'm I'm only about halfway through it, and I'm enjoying it. Um, I I did. I knew a lot of people that hated the beginning because you thought it was going to go like lesbian way, and but I mean, it, it, my whole thing is though is I was like, wait a minute, them kids got to be a lot older than that <laughs> at this point because everybody else aged, but suddenly they just have teenage kids. Right, everybody else aged like forty five years. Yes. <laughs> like, I was like thirty. I was like, what was that nineteen eighty eight when that came out? <laughs> like thirty yeah, years, five years old, thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah, I was like, this is. Uh. As somebody born in eighty eight, I can tell you. So, <laughs> there you go. But I mean, no, no, I, I I agree with you on that one. But I mean, he he's just a great actor. But you know, I mean, the man, dude, the Texas Chainsaw. I mean. The man, see, the, that's one of them too. Though it's like, I love the original so much. Mm -hmm. Sequels, I mean, some are okay, but I mean, for the most part, it's like a downward trend. That's the original. I mean, Freddy. I mean, he had some real stinkers in there. Going Nightmare on Elm Street. I mean, there's there's some good ones, but there's some real fucking pieces of shit in there oh, too. Yeah. Friday the Thirteenth might be one of the more solid ones all the way through. Halloween, I mean, that one has quite a few bad ones, too. You know, but then again, I'm one of those people that think Season of the Witch might be the best one. So. Oh, I love Season of the Witch. Oh, me too. That, uh, see, I, Season of the Witch would have been would have been one that we'd all recognize had it just been Season of the Witch and not Halloween. I mean, I I like the idea of it being the Halloween movie. I like the the cameos of Michael Myers that you see on the TV screens and the little stupid shit and oh, yeah. the, the fucking Silver Shamrock song that gets stuck in my head every year when I watch that movie on repeat. But I mean, it, it, you know, I, I definitely probably still have to say Leprechaun is still one of the more fun ones. You know, Child's Play used to be one of them that was really high up there for me, but. They they kind of when they started doing the Netflix ones and basically after Seed of Chucky is like 
I kind of felt like they didn't really care about the audience so much as they did their wallets. <laughs> but then again, if I was in their position, I mean, you know, I, you know what, though? Fucking Phantasm. That is one of the greatest franchises ever created. And the Tall Man is one of the greatest villains ever thought of. So that's a hard one. Yeah, I, you know, now thinking about it, probably Phantasm. I mean, Leprechaun's probably a super close second, though. <laughs> if I think about this too much longer, I'm going to change my answer again. <laughs> <laughs> it's always one of the ones that you never, never, ever, ever settle on. Uh, I, I watch too many horror movies. <laughs> you know, legitimately one of my favorite series is the Demon series. But if you really want to get technical, there's only two of them. But yet, over in Italy, there's, but they, at a certain point, they have nothing to do with the one before it. <laughs> no, no. I mean, that's that's, a, that's Italian fucking filmmakers for you. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, fuck, dude. They, that's the way it is. <laughs> I mean, what can you do about it? I mean, we've done quite a few Fulci movies and stuff on the show and things like that, and it's like, so these movies are all part of the same series in the same universe. It's like, yep. That doesn't really seem like it. <laughs> That is a world I would not want to live in. <laughs> no, not at all. I mean, I, I'd like to know what the fuck that guy was thinking, though. Like, doing these movies and, like, when he was actually, like, putting it down on paper, like, oh, this would be a good idea. It's like, none of these make sense. <laughs> like, Well, it's in, I think it's in uh, Dario Argento's book. It's been a long time since I read this, so don't quote me 100%. But, a, a lot of Italian horror directors, the story is secondary to the mm -hmm. atmosphere. So they will make a movie that doesn't make a lick of sense because it's all about it keeps you uneasy and it puts an artificial atmosphere of dread because the right. movie doesn't make sense. And now your F brain... Falsy was the fucking king of that yeah. shit. You know? so. I mean, he, he would create the atmosphere with the grotesque Esque gore. Yeah. At least for the time, I guess you would call it that. But I mean, nowadays it's a little bit different. But I mean, yeah, you, you, you definitely nailed that. That's for sure. <laughs> well, here, here we go. Because you, you said Cannibal Holocaust is one of your favorite movies. Yes. <laughs> one year we had a, what, uh, what I call Horror Fest, the shop. I went and took where everybody plays magic. I took all the tables, folded the tables up, put the chairs in there. I brought in my projector TV. We have a big white wall. We ran horror movies on Halloween. And uh, one year I did um, um, The Beyond. I did a local movie called Kill That Bitch. Um, it's a werewolf movie. Um, did no, that one. Then I did... Um, um, what, what was it? Oh, Society. And then the last movie of the night was Cannibal Holocaust. And, and these people at the end, they were like, there was never a palate cleanser. I was like, no, nope. no, no, there wasn't. No. Like, Why mean, did you do that to us? I'm like, did you show them like the original cut? Of, uh, of Cannibal Holocaust? Yeah. Yeah, All I got right. the 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 uncut director. The the. I, well, I just I know so many people who have only seen the one without any of the animal deaths. Yeah, <laughs> so, no, this, it's yeah, like, this, I can't watch it. It's like, yeah, it's part of it. Yeah, yeah. And they're like, 
they're just sitting there like, what, what, what did we just witness? I was like, dude, I was like, I, I've got worse movies. <laughs> right. right. I'm, no, I, I mean, I've, I've seen worse movies. That's for sure. But I mean, that, that one is just so iconic though. I mean, plus I love the history behind that movie and everything that happened though. I mean, the court cases. I mean, fucking dude almost went to fucking prison, dude. Yeah, <laughs> like, had to prove those people were still alive and come into the... <laughs> they had to break their contracts. Yep. Just, that, yeah, it's an incredible story. And for the, all your listeners, too, that was a real tribe. They really ate those animals. Stop fucking acting like bitches about it. That was <laughs> their food. They would have done it anyway. Oh, uh, It's like the, the end of um, Apocalypse Now. Where they kill the water buffalo. Right. That was happening. That was happening no matter what Francis Ford Coppola did. That was just something that was going to happen. They just filmed it. No, exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. There were little bits like we Cannibal Holocaust, like, but a lot of it's unseen that you don't know unless mm-hmm. you're a really big fan of it. So, like, for instance, you would probably know, like, the monkey scene. Yeah, they were going to do that anyway. But they didn't have to film it three times till they got the right shot. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, yeah, it, yeah. W- it was going to happen, but was it going to happen three times? <laughs> you know, there's little tiny things, but you got to love it still. It's still a good movie. It's... Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I've only watched it. I've watched that one on TV. It was funny because I watched it on the old VHS. I had the old VHS tape. Oh man! And uh, um, then I got the the Blu-ray. I skipped over the DVD version of it. Um, But but once years upon years ago, I went and got to see it in thirty-five millimeter in a theater, and it was it it was a well-worn one there, huh? (laughs) huh? No, that was full. It was a full house. It was a a bunch of people there, Um, but. It's funny because you watch it and you know this thing's been watched like a billion times because it, you know, it's it looked like it had you just went to a grindhouse and watched this because it was still had the skips and the oh yeah, see the hair going across it and everything, yeah. God, that that would have been cool to see. I mean, I wish I would do stuff around that. Well, I mean, we're technically basically in the same area, so I mean, I, I would if you see that coming back up anytime, dude, you gotta let me know. That's yeah, for sure. Yeah, because yeah. we have I'd um, love to see that in the theater. We have horror ram horror rama every year at Halloween time, and it's about thirty minutes south of where I am. And I, I went there one hour night. south of me. I went there and spent twelve hours in the theater watching them one time. They had five movies plus shorts and trailers, and then we had intermissions and everything. I went in at uh, 7 o'clock at night, and we were leaving at 7 o'clock the next morning. And, uh, That's almost how it was when I saw it, when they did the last Lord of the Rings, and did oh. the, I, I did the whole day there. <laughs> I'm a fucking nerd. <laughs> <laughs> was like it the standard versions or the, or the extended yeah, versions? Extended. <laughs> Oh, for that's twelve. That's twelve hours almost. It had to be it's more. It's yeah. more twelve. Yeah, yeah. I did the same thing with Star Wars too. When I did that. <laughs> uh, I uh, I have never went to the theater and watched that many uh, of a single like Star Wars. I'm a big Star Wars fan. Um, you know, well, I, I've never been and went and seen 
I, I I don't have I don't have any Star Wars tattoos. I got um, I got more than that. That's just all I can show right here. I got my neck, my leg, my arm. That's the one is that everybody's surprised I don't have. And I'm like, really? yeah, it's like they also like you don't have G because I'm a big GI Joe fan too. And they're like, you don't need GI Joe. I was like, no, I have um, I have Cthulhu. I have oh, that's a good one. I have well, it's the Necronomicon, so it's like like a page ah. from the book. Um, I have Megatron. Obviously, I'm a huge Evil Dead fan too. <laughs> um, and I got Godzilla, and I have Voltron and Mazinger Z fighting. Hey, dude, that, that's pretty sick. I mean, <laughs> I recently just started on my uh, my horror sleeve, and I'm actually covering up this whole arm. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm not doing it the way most people do because you know most people just get like a picture of the horror person. I got portraits of them okay so i mean i got frankenstein and the wolfman so far and i'm going to go all the way around to them all but i mean <laughs> frankenstein took six hours <laughs> wolfman took longer yeah well i i got my my buddy's going to finish this one because this is going to be all i guess essentially 80s cartoon villains Oh, so it's gonna. I got Megatron already, and then it's gonna have like Cobra Commander and Serpentor and uh, Hordak and Skeletor and all those, and it's gonna be going down the arm. So hey, that that's a really fucking cool idea. <laughs> I actually, I really, really like that idea. <laughs> I, I, you should go. Um, who was uh, what was his name? Um. Oh, I can't think of his name. Who is Inspector Gadget's villain? Dr. Claw. Yes, yes, you gotta have Dr. Claw on you. But Dr. Claw, you never see his face in the cartoon. No, but you gotta have him as like one of the background pictures, like in between the pictures where you just see the hand and the... You see the arms <laughs> sticking out between the <laughs> You know, little things like that. Well, what's oh, funny God. is my buddy's, my buddy's the tattoo artist, so he's working on it like right now, doing it slightly in his style. So he's like, Man, I didn't even know some of these cartoon villains existed. Because I said, oh, I, I want uh, um, um, Monstar from Silverhawks. I want um, uh, Tech Hex, Tex Hex from Brave Star. I want, uh, uh, you know, and he's like, who is what? <laughs> Dude, you could probably just do the whole arm on just Scooby-Doo villains. <laughs> I, I, I kind of want, because I want uh, the robot and the space kook. Which right. is, yeah, those are those I, are my I, two favorite villains from Scooby Doo. So I was like, man, that's creepy. Wasn't Ninja Turtles that that was an eighties one too, wasn't it? Yeah, so I'm gonna get Shredder. Yeah, get Shredder's head there. Yeah. Oh, there's so many good eighties ones, dude. I mean, I'm getting Venger from the 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 uh, um, uh, Dungeons and Dragons cartoon and all that stuff. So. Really? Really? Yeah, Dungeons and Dragons cartoons. I have seen way too many of the Dungeons and Dragons things. <laughs> it's been a lot of my life. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm, 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 the worst part about it is I'm one of them guys who... I, I'm a horror movie. Saturday morning cartoons, comic books, and uh, like heavy metal music and stuff like that. I'm like, man... I was like, I'm legitimately going out of my way to make sure... like. 
society doesn't want anything to do with me. <laughs> Dude, I'm 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 right there with you on basically every single thing you said. I mean, I'm pretty sure my wife is ashamed to say that I still watch Scooby Doo. No, my wife don't care. Yeah, <laughs> she watched Scooby Doo with sure. me the other day. My seven-year-old won't watch Scooby-Doo with me, but I'll watch it by myself. I I was using her as my excuse for watching Scooby-Doo for the first few years of her life. Now it's just like, you know, I end up just watching it by myself. I still watch the new ones when they put them out. <laughs> like, oh, hell, I'm, I'm a huge fan of uh, uh, Mystery Incorporated, the one that... The, the, yes. the new, oh, my God, that's so good. It was only like two seasons, wasn't two it? Two seasons, yeah. And kind of yeah. ended on a cliffhanger, and we did not get it. And then instead, we got that "Be Cool" Scooby Doo that everybody hated. It wasn't uh, that good, to be fair. I mean, it yeah. really wasn't that good. I mean, the, the family—what I call it—the Family Guy version of Scooby Doo. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cheesy. Yeah. But no, you're you're right. That Mystery Incorporated—I found that one by accident. I didn't even know it came out, and I actually thoroughly enjoyed that one. It, oh, it kind of brought back the whole solving a mystery concept to a lot of it and it, it, it was just really good well you had the week, well done you had the weekly one-off characters and then the huge overlying story arc of both seasons right and you find out that there was more mystery incorporated before them and that they're the uh it's a legacy yeah. and Oh, I, I will say though that mystery is definitely kind of like a cheesy little thing they do, but well, the fact that it's Lewis Black is still great. Yeah, yeah, it, it wasn't bad. It was significantly better than I thought it would have been. And the fact they got Jeffrey Combs to be HP Hatecraft was so good. <laughs> the fact that anybody would do anything based off of HP Lovecraft and how racist that guy was in his <laughs> life still amazes me to this day. But like you have your Cthulhu tattoo, my screensaver's a Cthulhu one. I mean <laughs> regardless I, of the guy's views, I he has pretty fucked up things. Well it's it's one of them ones where uh, you ever see the documentary about that? About him? No, I, I haven't seen that. I will. I think the, I think the only one that I actually own is I own the Necronomicon movie. Oh yeah, which is surprisingly better than it ever had any right to be. No, and it has no budget. There's like no budget there, but it looks good. It oh yeah, looks yeah, really good they for really, nothing. Yeah, yeah, and I I got that. I got a I got a signed VHS copy somewhere. Really? Yeah. Damn. Tom Savini signed it at a con probably 15 years ago or so. <laughs> I always like to piss off a lot of my other horror fan friends because they, you know, always, always get into the argument of like, who does the best special effects? And 99% of the time, everyone's like, oh, it's Tom Savini. It's always Tom Savini. I'll, I'll argue the fact that it's Kevin Yeager until I die. <laughs> People fucking hate it. <laughs> I, I would almost say Rob Bottin because of the thing. Yeah, well, I mean, you're you're not wrong. I mean, that was good. I just there's something about Kevin Yeager's work that I've always fucking loved. But then again, I mean, he created two of my favorite animatronics ever made: the Crypt Keeper and Chucky. So, right. I and I'm kind of partial because he's it's technically a local boy for because he's out of Dayton. So yeah. Yeah. Hey. So. Yeah. But don't get me wrong, though. I mean, Savini did a great job too. There's, I'm it, not. You know, I, it's it's, I like, it's like when people I'm ask. I'm less like to give people shit. 
it's the um we have this discussion it's always like we always have it's asking which one's your favorite kid um but we oh, do it's an easy one no, no. <laughs> as i tell as I, I joke around with my kids all my kids i go i got i have four boys ranging from thir- soon to be 31 down to 12 and and i go hey i love you always all equally but vince is my favorite <laughs> hey i mean but you can still love them equally and have a favorite. Ah, you know, I mean, mine ain't range from seven to twenty-six. Stepkids, my my, I'm married old, older. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's uh, yeah. I mean, kids, <laughs> gotta love them. Oh, I do. I love my kids to death. But right, that's, you, you talk about when you were putting your, your podcast together, um, having kids, your, your people that you could talk to and have really good conversations with. Legitimately, the person I had the best conversations with is my son, Joe. And that kid wants nothing to do whatsoever with being on a podcast. He doesn't want to be recorded. He's, he's, he's finally getting, he's almost 23 and he's, he's, um, well, he's 23. He's just turned 23, and um, he's finally getting to where he's finally like, well, I guess if the conversation was right, I would come with her. Well, I mean, I get where he's coming from. It makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know. It, it was hard for me to figure out, like, everything that I wanted to even do with it, because, like, yeah, I do tales from the podcast. I've been doing this for a while, but by all technicalities, it didn't even start there. It started with me doing a different show altogether. And when that failed, I kind of had picked up the pieces and turned it into what I wanted it to be. And I mean, I like it. It it, it has to be the right thing that you know you want it to be about, and. Yeah. You know, especially with podcasting, like one of the biggest things I've noticed is your audience, they can tell when you're passionate about something. Mm-hmm. And that's what you have to do is you have to find out what you're passionate about and talk about that. And I mean, especially with, you know, how I do it, because I, I do everything live. So, I mean, it's not like, oh, yeah, we're, li- no, I mean, I'm getting live interaction from YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, all at the same time from everywhere. <laughs> and I react to it all as it's happening and bring up comments. And, you know, so it's like, I, I am passionate about it and, you know, try to answer and be part of everything with it. But I mean, it, it, it it's one of those things where I feel like it's definitely shown up to be like a, a very beneficial thing to podcasting you know they they really can tell that's for damn sure (laughs) yeah and and that's kind of i i want to do i'm working on deciding to do a live podcast i've never had the guts enough to do it (laughs) you know Um, it's you just do it man and uh hopefully if i do that one i'm gonna have uh i got a couple other people i work with i'd have us all you know doing one but uh, it still freaks me out I, too much, I think. <laughs> well, um, from somebody who does it, I mean, personally, with StreamYard, I mean, I, I think it's it works out good that I think that we don't have it in the same room. 
mm-hmm. the simple fact that we could be our own little squares like this. Mm-hmm. And I mean, e- even if you don't have a computer, you can use StreamYard on your phone, whatever, and it still sounds and looks nice. And I mean, that that's at least what I use. I mean, there, there's other services out there. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, but it it, it works well and. I personally like the aspect of everybody having their own little platform there of having, you know, especially like, no, no, like if you have like a guest on, it kind of, to me, it kind of always looks weird when the people have like four people in one thing and then the one guest over to the side by themselves. It's like, yeah, just make everyone their own square. (laughs) But that's, you know, that's a personal preference too. I mean, it really doesn't matter. Um, we've been here for a while. Um, what's what's your favorite guest that you've had on your show so far? My favorite guest. I mean, I've had so many. Like, I guess, like, if it, if I took it away and took out the celebrity aspects, because I mean, hands down, probably John Cassier being such a huge fan, he's definitely the the. Yeah, I mean, he's he's the jackpot of what I do. Mm-hmm. You know, if you do Tales from the Crypt podcast, you're not going to get better than having him up. That's yeah. it, that hands down. And that that was an amazing conversation, and I had a blast with it. But if you take celebrities out of it, I will have to say, and I I hope he gets the chance to listen to this. My buddy Andy, I'm off. He's a good friend of mine. He's a podcaster. He started off doing a cooking show. He used to do stuff with Walmart and be sponsored through them. He does uh did some racing stuff. I mean, the guy's been kind of like all over the place. He has one of the coolest voices ever. But I mean, he and I have had three, four hour conversations on stuff. And I mean, he's pulled things out of like the conversations that like are just incredible. And I mean talking to him was the first time I ever told the story about when I hit a hooker in my car and I got the nickname, the Toledo torpedo, <laughs> like, which is an incredible story. Yeah. I'm driving around at a gas station. Some of those gas stations out here have those car washers attached. Mm-hmm. Hooker ran out of the car wash and ran right into me and I smoked her with the car. <laughs> like, and she jumped up and tried to offer services. And it was really like the craziest thing I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> but I mean, like, we've just had some of the funnest, craziest conversations ever. It's, it's, it's such a weird thing, but it's always, I don't know, it's always those people you have like that special connection with and everything. And, you know, like, he's also the same guy who talked me into spending $600 on a fucking huge fucking smoker that I didn't need. <laughs> but he also taught me how to smoke meat like the best fucking way you can, dude. <laughs> I mean, I got a fucking, I mean, at my house right now, it's like me, my wife, and my two daughters, the stepkids, the, the oldest two boys are moved out. And I mean, they're on their own, they're old enough. But I mean, we still had it before where it's like, all right, well, we're going to smoke two racks of ribs, four tenderloins, 16 sausages, about 14 chicken wings. Like man, there's only four of us. Why am I doing this? <laughs> but God damn, man. Yeah, I mean, it's always those guests, though, to me that really kind of make it. That you know, make it fun, entertaining. You know, the celebrity guests are always cool, and they can always boost your numbers and stuff. I mean, 
obviously you're an Evil Dead fan. I mean, probably one of my highest viewed videos is my interview with Dana DeLorenzo. And, I mean, that was great and everything, but, I mean, it's, it's a different kind of connection when you're talking to somebody who's like a legitimate friend. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the stories that you can come up with and the laughing and it, it, to me, it makes a better show too. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was a really long answer. I probably should have shortened that up for you. <laughs> That's why I don't do it live. I can edit that out now. <laughs> I'm going to watch this later. It's going to be like 16 minutes long. But like, it's been over two hours. It's been a long time for that 16 minutes. <laughs> yes, you'll, you'll see it in the B roll. Now. <laughs> <laughs> the oh, blooper man. reel is like 15 times longer than the actual episodes. <laughs> um, I, I, oh, I, really I did a, up a lot. I did a blooper reel for my commercial, and it was legitimately my commercial for my show was 30 seconds. I had three minutes of bloopers because I could not get out what I was trying to say at all. And then, and then as soon as I would get it nailed, my son was there too, and he was supposed to, my older son, and we were doing together he was doing his part i would nail mine and then he'd fuck it up and i was like <laughs> and then i did hey, the man. whole heavens <laughs> I, I i get it <laughs> and then i'm sitting I... there i turned into um the one dude i'm like fuck it i'm doing it live i just started it all over <laughs> is that bill riley yeah 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 i mean i i had a commercial for the longest time and then i quit giving it out and then I was like, you know, I'm going to make a new one. That was about a year ago. Oh, yeah. Never, I never did it. I, I was I was going <laughs> to shoot a new one in, like, uh, um, September when it was still kind of nice outside. And, uh, nope. I was like, eh, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. I'll get to it. Oh, it's January. I didn't get to it. Right. Yeah, with me doing a live video, I was actually going to do mine as, like, not just the ad for us. But like, do the sponsors and everything. It's just like you know, be like, oh, let's make the show easier. I won't have to do any of that stuff. Just hit the button, and it's good to go every time. Yeah, still never did it. <laughs> I'll do a live every day, <laughs> kid. Oh shit! Well, man, this has been a blast. Um, been Definitely yes. Thank you very much, man. And uh, we'll have to get. I'll have to get you back on for more because uh, this has been funny. And <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy I was able to help entertain you. <laughs> Just talk about random shit. Um, I have to get you over on the show with us sometime, man. Yeah, I mean, Just let me know. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll ruin your day. I'll make you watch something that you, you didn't think you could watch. <laughs> there, there's only one movie that I will not watch. And that I mean I know it's dumb. It's a Serbian film. I read the synopsis. I had one friend who used to go out of his way to try to trick me into watching it. And I was what like, if no. I told you it was surprisingly sexy? <laughs> I'm still good. <laughs> <laughs> no. For those who haven't heard the plot yet, I was joking, and I really hope you don't think that of me. <laughs> uh yeah, no, no, don't, don't, don't worry about that one. My, my, my co-host won't do that one. He also refuses to do Jeepers Creepers or Powder because of you know Victor Salva and yeah, all I, his. Per- I mean, I, I get it, but I mean, uh, 
I mean, a movie's a movie to me. It's like, I mean, I, I, I I've never, I, I watched them because I was, I was a manager at a video store, and I kind of, I was the guy who would have to replace and fix VHS tapes back in the day. So this is the reasons I ever had to watch them is because I was like, eh, nah, I'm good. But then I had to replace and fix tapes, and they're like, well, you got to watch them, make sure they work fine. So I was like, all right, throw it in. I'm like, eh, they're okay. I had to do that to a lot of my own movies. I mean, that I just personally worn out. Like, the worst one for me was always a uh, Kung Pao into the fist. Not even a horror movie, but man, I burned the fuck out of that VHS going to it. <laughs> oh yeah, the good old days. Oh, I miss VHSs. Oh man, I uh, I am a uh, sucker for VHS tapes, man. Just because of the box art. Box art was so good. I I got a couple of boxes of VHSs to oh, my house and in my car. <laughs> I I probably I probably got about fifteen hundred still, and uh, you know I've like <laughs> two copies of the Dead Pit with the little light up guy with the eyes, and um, I got a promo VHS tapes and a lot of other stuff. Yeah, I don't know if you can see it, but I actually have up here. It's behind stuff because I just have so much shit up here. But I have the entire series of Tales from the Crypt Keeper on VHS. Yeah, I, I think I got a couple. Notice anything stuff. about this package? And it's still sealed. All of them are sealed. <laughs> I have the whole collection sealed. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, I fully understand your. Uh, yeah. Your hobby there. <laughs> yep. Yeah, just okay. let me know what movie and I can we can work this out. Oh, yeah. We we usually do our show uh Saturdays at ten PM Eastern. Well, I mean you're in the same time zone as me. I don't know why even Yeah. Well I always have to say um, that now. I've I've uh I've done shows with people from Australia, I've done shows with Spain. Oh god. Australia's yeah, a pain got a buddy in the UK who's always trying to be on. It's like I was like, dude, the last time you had to be up like eight hours past your bedtime, <laughs> like, didn't work out too good for you, man. You were pretty dead. I, I had I had to shoot a show for uh, Hawaii, and uh, they they the earliest they could get on was eight o'clock their time. Oh, so man. I'm like, all right, let's try for this. <laughs> I, I shot. Hey, and then dude, worst part about it is so that cool. episode's still lost. Because uh, the, oh, the, no. the internet kept fucking up the entire time. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Unfortunately, that's how it goes. You know, I mean, I had the internet mess up on me a couple of times at, like, my old house. But then after I moved, it's like, you know, my show's doing pretty good. I spent a little bit extra up my internet a little bit more than where I was. Ours? You know. We have good internet. But it'll just suddenly, you'll just be sitting here and all of a sudden it'll be like, everything will shut down. You'll be like yelling at the uh, uh, the Echo and you'll be like, what time is it? And it's like, I'm unable to read. <laughs> They're like, oh, no. the internet's down. <sighs> well, I mean, uh, I mean, it could be your modem. Like, is your, is your modem uh, and a router all built up in one? Like, no, you got the, 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 um, Receiver and the router, two different things. You're, you're separate. Mm -hmm. 
And, and it was like yesterday, it went down at least four times that I know of. But now today, it's been fine, but I've also haven't been here six hours out of the day, so. Right. No, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, question for you. Uh, when yeah. are you uh, planning on doing the next uh, con down there? Uh, June 4th. Oh, well, that fucking sucks. Yeah, I know. I talked to Neil. Was, yeah, he was said, so you guys are doing some another show somewhere else. Or something's going uh, on. Well, I don't know if he is. But I, I don't even know what day that falls on. It's a Saturday. It's a Sunday. Yeah, see, with me on Sundays, I have to work now, Sunday nights, because I work 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. Sunday through Thursday. But June 4th also happens to be my birthday. No. <laughs> it's like, oh, man. Do oh, I want spend my whole birthday selling books? I mean, I actually did surprisingly well at that convention. I mean... I sold about 15 books at that one for my first one. And considering I only have one comic book out, I don't think I did that bad. <laughs> you know, um, I mean, I, I've seen a lot of other people do a lot worse at tables next to me. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Well, I, I did have a lot of fun at yours, though, man. You, that was a really cool one for my first time out there. And, you know, next time I see you, though, I'll definitely uh, I'll just uh, throw you a copy. I mean, I got plenty. But sweet. Yeah. Definitely, you check out what I got going on, you know. And definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. We uh, we 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 grew from the one you were at. We did another one, the November show, and it was we got about uh, about twenty more tables. Uh, We were in a different part of the mall. Uh, We had the Batmobile. We we were oh really yeah, and uh, yeah. I was surprised at the turnout on that one being a Sunday con. Well, most like, of the cons a... around here are Sundays. The little ones, the little one day ones, they're almost all Sunday. You see, the, the, like I, I never really been to any of the little ones. Like even the Pop Fest out here is two, three days. Yeah, the, you know? I see. I don't even go hardly go to the big ones anymore. Uh, I go to the small ones because. One is the small ones. It's one day. It's a Sunday. That's usually the day shops are closed. A lot right. of shops just do them because, like me, I just do them a little extra money, whatever. And it also right. helps clean out the back stock and whatnot if you want to clean stuff right. out. Um, but I go there to buy a lot, you know, and people are willing to deal because you're there for one day. The table prices aren't that high. So you can, you don't have to make a shit ton of money just to break even. And so it's just a fun little, we all kind of hang out. We work, you know, hey, this right. guy goes, well, you going to have that book? Yeah, yeah, you know, we. It, I, you, you, you're right there. There was another one me and Josh did that was a one-day one. I was like at a college. I'm trying to think of where, what it was called, which one it was. I don't know. That was one of them where I was like, I was legitimately actually pissed off at that con. Because, like, there were two books I was looking for. And I found both of them there. Mm-hmm. Both of them wanted a hundred percent fucking markup on what the books were going for, and no dealing, no trading, no nothing. It's like, oh well, this movie's coming out soon. It's like everyone knows this movie's coming out soon. I'm like, I can see the fucking recent sales right now on eBay. It's like I'm not going to give you fucking a hundred fifty dollars for Toxic Avenger when. <laughs> You know, most of them are selling for around 40, 50 bucks at most. 
But it was just you know, stupid shit like that. I was like, wow, I couldn't believe it. And there was one guy who he was selling EC reprints there. And, you know, I collect those too. Um, but he only had a couple I didn't have, but he was wanting like $20 a piece for these reprints. And they weren't even like pristine. I mean, if they were in great condition, I could see $10, $15 for a reprint. I mean, but I mean, these were pretty banged up and it's like wow these are really Dude, overpriced i but i find them ec reprints a lot for like in the dollar boxes you just gotta look yeah mm -hmm. oh dude i i mean i i got i got some deals with a lot of the shops around here anytime anything ec related comes up dude they give me a call before it hits the shelves because i'm usually pretty quick to purchase all of it but it's just you know i mean they're they're hard to come by yeah you know, I mean, it, it. I mean, you you own a shop, and how how many EC books do you have? No, I don't have any. I've only had two come through. Yeah, you know, see, that's just that's just the way it is. I mean, the people who have it don't give it up. No, you know, you know, we're 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 a diehard group, and I think that's another thing that kind of makes it hard for me selling books is like. Like Josh does superhero stuff and all these other things. All these other indie people have superhero books. Everyone does the action, the superhero, the fantasy stuff. The indie horror scene with comic books is not very big. Yeah, see, I started in the 90s when that stuff was big. It was indie horror stuff back in the day. Yeah, I mean, it's it's unfortunately, it's not no more. I'm not sure what ruined it. You know, probably Marvel movies and everyone thinking they could try to capitalize off of it. Well, but, see, if that was the case, you, see, I, I lived through the day when everybody thought they were going to be the next Kevin Eastman and, and uh, Peter Laird because everybody thought they were going to create the next Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And that was when indie books were that way. But then shortly after that, it swung the other way. It's just that pendulum swing, I think, is what it is. It's because you went through the turtles phase, then it swung back the other way, and you got the really dark stuff, a lot of horror, and you know whatnot. And it swung back in the other ways. But one one of the things that's happening right now is is these these small presses are actually putting out what would have been indie horror comics, but now it has a sort of a you know I guess not indie. Um, because if you ever read anything from like Black Mask or the or Black Caravan or uh, um, Behemoth Comics or anything like that, those are indie comics that just happen to be under a slightly larger uh, publisher. Right. Yeah. I'm. I'm um. I I, I always kind of compare my buddy Dirk like that. Uh, Dirk Manning. I mean, he's still technically an indie guy, but I mean, Source Point Press has a little bit more money than a lot of the other ones. So. Yeah. Yep. You know? So yep. I, I, I definitely get that. I mean, fuck, he had James O'Barr do a cover for him. Yep. There's not too many indie publishers that couldn't do that. So, I mean, James wouldn't even talk to most people about that. Yep, definitely. He's too busy chain smoking. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, um, this isn't a part of the show anymore, right? No, we can end that right here. We're going to end it right here. Um, we will talk to you more later and have more of this. So take care for tonight. Okay.